0: Hey, Mary. Yes, Katie? What's a pirate's favorite part of a song? <gasps>
1: um, mm, the bridge? The hook. The hook, <laughs> of course. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to the Gentleman Pirates Library, a podcast covering every episode of the HBO show Our Flag Means Death. I'm
1: Katie. And I'm Mary. And today we'll be taking a deep dive into episode four, Discomfort in a Married State, also known as the one where Steed remembers being very unhappy with his wife, takes Ed into his secret closet, and then they become each other's lighthouse. But first, let's have a look at the results of our Twitter poll. This week, we asked you, what was your favorite thing about Spanish
0: Jackies? Let's see. The four options we gave were the blood drinking, the nose jar, Ball's obsessed barkeep, or her mummified husband. And the results were a little interesting because we had a lot of people in the comments talk about how those four options were not the most interesting thing.
1: Yeah, a lot of people talked about her hand, which, of course, I mean, I can't believe that we forgot. And when I say we, I mean, I forgot to put that in there. Oh, I don't think
0: we mentioned it. Sure. Well, we didn't didn't mention it in in the last episode either.
1: That's true. We didn't even talk about it in the last episode. Hopefully, we're going to see Spanish Jackie again, and we're going to be able to talk about her hand. I'm very excited about that. (laughs)
0: Her whole look is just amazing.
1: Oh, listen, I am in the process of purchasing a dress at the moment, and it is velvet burgundy specifically <laughs> to honor Spanish Jackie. So There you yeah. go. <laughs> but yeah, the nose jar was a very popular response with 54.5% of the votes. It's uh, just so it's, memorable. It's <laughs> my noses, <minoses. laughs> Her mummified husband came in second with 28.9% of the votes. The blood drinking with 9.1%. And then finally, the balls-obsessed barkeep with 7.4%, which I have to say, I'm a little disappointed, didn't actually perform a little better, but Mm.
0: oh well. Well, you know, sometimes those barkeeps obsessed with balls, they disappoint you. (laughs) It's all talk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are we ready to dive into the episode? Yes, I believe we are. So, I guess before we really dive into the episode, I kind of wanted to know if there were any, like, general thoughts or impressions that you had about the episode. Overall? Um, magical? Magical? I know. Oh, it was so good. Honestly, I this is one of the episodes that feels like nothing happens, yet mm. there's so much to talk about. Like, it's just so yes. much character building and world building. And I'm just so thankful that we have this episode to be able to to watch it and, and love it and talk about it.
0: If I could live in this episode, I would. Like, yeah. it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. This is the one I stopped at because I was like, oh, okay, we need to do a podcast on this. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know if I could have stopped myself on episode three from watching, but this one I was like, okay, I'm going to stop and I'm not going to watch anymore until we settle if we're doing a podcast or not. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm so glad I did because it's just, there's so much potential there. And it's also unpredictable, but also predictable. Like if you look at the tropes that they're playing on, it mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. Yeah. But then also it's just so wild to see it played out like that on exactly.
1: TV. I think it's just such a wonderful balance of, of yeah. what you're describing. And there's also, and I mean, I think, I think we mentioned it in the last episode. And if we didn't, I want to make it clear here. I love that it's okay in this show to assume that everyone is queer. Like, it's fine. We're allowed to do that. And I I have to say that it just creates, like, a safety that um, isn't always present in other pieces of media. And so I I really appreciate that.
0: Well, how often do people watch a piece of media put out there that they think the person's queer, at least in their own mind, Mm -hmm. in their own headcanon, And get admonished by the creators. I mean, I could name three or four that have happened just in the recent
1: couple Mm -hmm. of years. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's why this is so refreshing. Like, it's, you know, we talk about subverting expectations, but this is on a meta level, subverting expectations of what media should be and what the role of fans and queer fans should be. And I think that, yes. again, that's groundbreaking in so many ways. So mm. thank you very much to the creators of this show. And please, HBO, renew, renew this for a second season.
0: Exactly. Please. As many seasons as David Jenkins wants to give us. Oh, there you go.
1: <laughs> exactly. I will be there to watch all of them.
0: Yes. All right. So in the episode, we open on Mary with her mother and uh it's very clearly a flashback of so i have to marry a complete stranger
1: hmm. and the mother's
0: like well he has money and then it cuts to steed in a carriage and just and very very sweetly optimistic i just thought when i did marry it could be for love oh steed his dad says uh peasants marry for love
1: <laughs> I, I i liked his mary has acreage <laughs> Yes. Go like, like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, like who, so who's
0: bringing the money to the situation? Like and you know, I didn't really study this or anything, but like historically wouldn't the bride has the money? right
1: well the, so the like bride the- doesn't own any money but the bride brings money through and now i can't remember what the, the through i think it's the dowry yeah the dowry uh, thank you uh because i i this is something that i would have read a lot a lot about but in french so i'm like oh mm. no but i'm sure that's not the right <laughs> word so <laughs> So the bride brings money, but does not own any money. Right. Because women couldn't okay. own uh, money or property. Right. right? Um, women were property, frankly. Yeah. Uh, so th- her, her basically as a wedding gift, her father would offer her husband uh, some money to thank him for taking on his daughter.
0: Okay, because it was just interesting because they're both saying, like, don't worry, they're loaded. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, if you're both loaded, then why do you need each other?
1: <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's one of those, like, advantageous marriages, right, where he sure. has money and she has acreage. And so he needs the acreage for his plantation. Mm-hmm. And he has money to be able to, to give her a good life, which is usually what, you know, you know, the under the guise of which fathers would be like, Oh, you should marry this man. He has money. Oh, he, you know, he'll give you a good life. Even if he doesn't treat you very well, at least you'll have money. Mm -hmm.
0: So they, it cuts to them being married on a cliff overlooking a lighthouse and this very uh, dour um, minister saying the lighthouse is a beacon and you shall be that for each other. For eternity,
1: yeah, it's just so grim, <laughs> you know, like and and I have to say, so we've talked about the use of color in this show, mm-hmm. and here I think there's there's something to look at because this show always makes like such great use of color, um, and the color that steed wears are always kind of revealing something about him um mm-hmm. and or his mood or his state of mind, and here everything is beige or gray or brown mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Kind of as a side note, I think that this is from Steed's point of view, because he's the one like having the fever dream. And if we remember in episode one, we don't really know how reliable a narrator he is. Yes. Um, Yeah. And I I say this because maybe Mary also was a vibrant young lady who saw Mm -hmm. Steed as beige the same way that he saw her as beige. And I think that the painting that she made shows that because the painting yeah. is in vibrant colors and a vibrant style.
0: It's very colorful. Yeah, you're exactly.
1: Right. And I just want to be careful of how we think of like, how we think of and how we characterize Mary at this point, because we only know her through Steed, who, you know, who might've had a lot of affection for her, but certainly was never in love with her. Sure. I find her very
0: interesting, actually. Um, from what we see, yeah, what we see and what she says are two different things. And, um, instead of, and we might get there later, but the, the difference between a typical male role and a typical female role in this society is he can be a, he can be unhappy Mm -hmm. and decide to make changes and she has resigned herself to the fact that, this is where she's going to be. So she's trying to make the best of it, even though she's extremely unhappy. Yeah. So the gift that the parents give are his and hers matching gravestones.
1: Oh goodness. Big oof. Oh,
0: they cut later to an established marriage. They have two kids running around. Um, Steed is reading a book and Mary is drinking wine. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're opposite sides of a long dining table we need to be careful characterizing Mary because she looks very unhappy. She's just sitting there kind of staring at him and drinking her wine. And it's Mm -hmm. like, perhaps this is the unreliable narrator. Like you mentioned with Steed because, you know, just painting her as kind of maybe like a shrew.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, so that's the thing, right? I don't know if you remember in episode one, we talked about how he was uncomfortable in a married state. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's according to, to like, documents of the time. Yes. Uh, and it also said that part of the reason why he left was because of Mary's nagging. Now I become oh. very um, cautious when I hear men talk about women nagging, because yes. generally that's not the whole story. And here again, like we're seeing Mary through his eyes as like the wine mom, like nagging for him to like play Mm -hmm. with his kids, but not doing anything herself and just like walking away to drink her wine. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I feel like maybe that's not the whole story and maybe that's how, but, and to be fair, maybe that's how Steed lived it, but I'm sure that there's more to that story because when you're unhappy, one of, a very popular coping method is drinking. So again, like you said, I want to be careful when we're talking about Mary here. Okay. So she says,
0: uh, she wants him to play with the children, but don't play pirates with them. They'll have nightmares. And they cut immediately to steed playing pirates with the
1: children, (laughs) (laughs) which honestly was just such a wonderful, lovely little moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, he's
0: so cute with his kids and he's yeah. really having a lot of fun. Um, and his daughter, when his daughter pre- pretends to stab him, it cuts to him actually being stabbed. So these yeah. are his fever dreams. Mm-hmm. He's in his chambers with the stab wound and he's saying, Mary, we were just playing pirates. Hmm. And the camera pans over to Blackbeard, who's now sitting in a chair next to Steed's bed, his brows furrowed, and he's just kind of pondering Steed. In all black leather.
1: Mm. Yeah, I have, I have some thoughts about that, which I'll tell you later. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. I just don't want to repeat myself, but yes, in all black leather.
0: (laughs) Uh, So now we cut to Blackbeard and Izzy. They're on the deck of the Revenge. I don't know where their ship is or who's manning it. I have to ask,
1: that was a unicorn as the figurehead of the Revenge, right? Oh, I don't know. I didn't even see it. I will have to look. I would recommend that you go back and look because <laughs> I believe it's a unicorn as the figurehead of the ship. Are you kidding me? I would not kid about that. Steed had a ship built with a unicorn, with the unicorn as the mast, mast head. As the mast head, yeah.
0: Symbolism. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> mm. That's funny. Okay, I will have to look it up. But like, well, and we see we see the model, and I just really didn't look that closely. I'm going to have to look.
1: I don't think you see it on the model, but I do believe you see it on the actual ship. When it pans, wow. like, from, like, a little bit onto Blackbeard and Izzy, like, that's when you can see mm-hmm. it. Okay, I'll have to relook. All right, so Izzy
0: is talking to Blackbeard, and he says, we we need to move quickly before the Spanish realized... We massacred all their men. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> so, so they're trying to outrun the Spanish at this point. Mm-hmm. They know that there's going to be retaliation, and Blackbeard son- says something about you know they they died very dramatically, don't they, blubbering for their god? And Blackbeard asks Izzy if the clouds look like Frankfurters, mm-hmm. and Izzy's trying to get him on track. Of there needs to be a plan. You know, and Blackbeard won't be dissuaded until Izzy agrees. Like, yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah, they look kind of like sausages. he's like, oh, frankfurters.
1: Oh, yeah, he's very dismissive of whatever Blackbeard is trying to do in the moment. Yeah. And I
0: really love the fake out here because it comes back, as we know, at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. And you can tell it's played as this, as the same thing that Blackbeard does throughout the rest of the episode, is this really annoying extraneous stuff that doesn't matter mm-hmm. that he's focusing on rather than focusing on the plan that Izzy wants him to focus on. Yeah, exactly. So when I first watched it, I was like, oh, he's so goofy. And then the fact that it came back was just great.
1: Oh, again, I have thoughts about that, that we'll be talking about later once we okay. get to like, the, re- <laughs> the resolution of that. Um, yeah, many thoughts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So they're overlooking, now they turn to overlook the crew mm-hmm. of the Revenge, cleaning up the deck. And Blackbeard asks, what's the plan with the crew? And they say, oh, you know, the usage, making them repair the ship, execute mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And Blackbeard says, right, the usage," and he seems pretty bored.
1: Yep.
0: Which is just,
1: <laughs> I don't talk about my crew like that i know right but uh, on the on the other hand like he does seem and i think that's what happens next right like he does seem interested in the crew like he goes and asks them questions and he's interested in the bird guy (laughs) yeah um so so
0: yeah he so he like swings well first of all so black pete is looking up at Blackbeard and says, oh, I bet he's saying something genius. He's history's greatest tactician. And Lucius here is cracking me up because he has like a, like a mallet and he's, he's, like, he's just hammering on the rail. <laughs>
1: like, so On the not doing unbroken rail,
0: like just yeah. like,
1: <laughs> like it just so me funny. wonder if Lucius has ever like repaired anything in his life, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> right. Um,
0: and also he might be like, you know, the longer we draw these repairs out, the
1: the longer we the live, the longer we get
0: to live, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so Black Pete wonders if he recognizes me. Uh, Lucia says uh, he thought he'd be taller.
1: And also, I'm so sorry, but like, Black Pete is literally polishing the cannon. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. So, okay. yeah, <laughs> not very that. useful on his end either. Woo. <laughs>
0: So two other members of Blackbeard's crew, the two we've seen with Izzy, and they are named eventually Ivan and Fang. Mm-hmm. Um, they come up and hit Black Pete really hard in the back of the head and say, yeah. back to work. And Blackbeard says, let's not brutalize our guests like that, which I'm like, your guests? Like, you're on their ship. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, what? I think property doesn't really matter in this particular mm-hmm. case. It's more like he's really reading the the situation as to who who is in control rather mm, than who true. owns the actual share. Very true. Uh, which which is funny in and of itself. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so he does a little swing jump thing to get to another level of the deck and everyone cheers and claps and he looks like he he expected it so it's like it's like one of those super famous like actors or someone who's used to being fond over who's like Mm -hmm. hello yes hello i know you're all here to love me you know and (laughs) they do like a half-assed move that they're known for just to get the oohs and ahs you know so (laughs) (laughs)
1: true i didn't see it like that before but yes that's so true i love that like he's aware yeah. of his fame and his image and oh, like his yeah. reputation and he plays it up. Like that's, yeah, it, it brings him some recognition, some love. Like it's a, it's a way for, for people to to feel validated in who they are, I yeah. guess. And, and I think that that's what he's trying to do right now with how bored he is with everything else. He's like, Oh, at least I'll get a little bit of a thrill here.
0: Well, and I don't know if it's for him or for them. I, it's like, he's doing oh. what he's what's expected of him. Interesting. Like, oh, okay, I got to swing in here like the swashbuckler they all know me as. So, mm. hello, I'm Blackbeard. Nice to meet you. Okay. Yeah, it's like an obligation at this point rather than something he's doing to get a thrill. It's like what people expect of him. Yeah, which I definitely the whole see rest that. of the episode is him. Backs that up. Yeah. Well, the whole rest of the episode is him not doing what people expect of him. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well,
0: I, I don't know. I would say the plan. Is what people expect of him. But all of the extraneous stuff that he's doing with the clothing and stuff
1: <laughs> is just what he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, and good for him.
0: Yeah. Um. So he's really cute, shaking everyone's hands. He's commenting on him. He's like, oh, they're all grubby. Look at them. They're wearing rope. <laughs> he calls them a band of characters on the high seas.
1: Yeah. And, and it's interesting because it, it, it kind of flips that touristy feel on its head that we yeah. saw Steve doing in the other, in the last episode here. It's like him, uh, you know, being in this new place with these new people and just being extremely condescending towards them. Mm-hmm. But also I think genuinely
0: delighted. I he, think so too. Honestly, yeah. I think he was
1: very amused and interested.
0: Yeah. He's so jaded by everything that I think like, when he meets steed he is it's just refreshing exactly i agree so we're getting a little glimpse of that with with the crew Mm -hmm. um he says that they've got a bird guy and that's buttons (laughs) with a bird named carl which we have we've seen this before
1: no this is new or at least I, i didn't notice it before but yeah carl the bird is now a thing yeah i was like i really wish there would have just been one little scene In the previous three
0: episodes that established, like, oh, this is Carl, you know, because it just kind of came out of left field and now they're calling him a bird guy. And I'm like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Never seen a bird on buttons before, but all right. I think (laughs) it would
1: be even funnier if, like, this was something that he did, like, just now to try to survive <laughs> And now like,
0: it became known as that guy. exactly
1: <laughs> and even all the crew is kind of looking like we didn't even know you had a bird
0: you know <laughs> oh my gosh that would be hilarious well and it's also possible there's a scene that got deleted that for time or something yeah that established there you go. There's, that.
1: there's a lot of stuff that could have happened and again it's one of those things where I'm just like you know what I'll go along with it I, I'm mm-hmm. along for
0: the ride I'm good <laughs> but I really love I really love your idea that if he just did it on the fly and he's like, yep, that's me. I'm the bird guy. You should love me a lot and not murder me.
1: Exactly. They're all just trying to save their skin at this point. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, So Frenchie asks, and he said, Oh, sorry, sir. Blackbeard, sir. You know, and he's like, Oh, no, just call me Blackbeard." Just curious if we were going to be able to live. And Izzy yells for everybody to get back to work. And blackbeard's walking away and is like, Izzy, why don't we have a bird guy? Yeah. Very cute. Um, Steed is in bed hallucinating, mm-hmm. and he sees the painting of a lighthouse in his chambers. Yeah. And it flashes to Mary gifting him yes. the painting.
1: Yes. I, I. So just before we get into that scene, I... I spoke with one of my friends who has a, uh, a master's in fine arts because mm-hmm. I wanted to ask her like, what exactly, what style this was made in? Because I know that it's not in the style of the time and sure. it's, it turns out that it's actually a cubist inspired, uh, painting and cubism mm-hmm. was an early 20th century revolutionary avant-garde art movement so hmm. in 1717 there's absolutely no way that anybody would have been <laughs> painting this way
0: and i actually looked it up as well and it looks like uh, more of an offshoot of cubism which is cubist realism or no also known as precisionism yeah um which it looks a lot like paintings made by uh an artist named charles demuth mm-hmm. in the 20s there uh, you go so yeah it's exactly. very possible and again it just takes it the creators have taken this and made it timeless instead of setting it in its time.
1: Right. And, and I absolutely love that too. I, I completely agree with you. And I think, I think what I'm, I'm getting to with this is yes, they made it timeless. Yes. You know, like I think it works well and I'm really not bothered by the anachronisms because they're Mm -hmm. intentional. And so I'm okay with them because they're intentional, Yeah, but I just think that it's important. Like or to realize how important cubism was in art mm-hmm. history. Because mm-hmm. like, like you said, a lot of things that we know today in abstract art are an offshoot of that. Um, mm-hmm. And if we come back to what we were talking about earlier... That Mary was also very likely like a vibrant person who mm-hmm. felt stifled by her spouse. Well, this is it, right? If she was so avant-garde that she basically invented cubism all on her own <laughs> or realist cubism or yes. whatever it is, basically painting the way that people 200 years later would have been painting, mm-hmm. then she must have been an incredibly bright, smart, lovely, yes. intelligent person. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, and I'm hoping we see a little bit more of that.
1: I hope so, too.
0: Um, so she presents him with the painting. This is on their anniversary, and she explains why she gave it. And she, she kind of reminds him that, you know, the wedding the wedding vows, where
1: we were supposed to be lighthouses to each other. And he's like, mm. oh, yes.
0: And the children painted that.
1: Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve.
0: And you uh, can tell like, there's no. no ill
1: intent, right? Like, he's not trying to be mean to her. But they just can't connect to each other.
0: Well, and if you think about artists and um, there's actually a documentary called My Kid Could Paint That, you know, Mm. like that's kind of a uh, an insult that's often given towards abstract artists. It's like, oh, well, you just like Pollock, you just splattered paint on the the canvas Mm -hmm. like anybody could do that. Uh, So. If she truly is an artist, which I think later on we find out she is, um, and she's, you know, she considers this a craft of hers that she's honing, to be asked, oh, did the kids just paint that? That's cute,
1: Mm. is
0: very insulting. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You're right. (laughs) Yeah. So for his anniversary present, he gifts Mary a model ship, Mm. and it is the Revenge which I'm sure it wasn't named that at the time. <laughs> and she's very like, uh, okay. And he says, what would you say to living on something like that? You, me, the kids at sea. And she's like, why? Yeah. Well, to break the monotony. And this is an insult to her. Our life feels monotonous to you. Yeah. No, 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 it doesn't. I just think why waste our time out here day after day doing the same old thing. We could, we could be on a ship having adventures. And here she reveals, do you know that I hate the ocean? <laughs> like, Oh, Steed, buddy, uh, you're really striking out here, but Yeah.
1: Oh man.
0: <laughs> and it, she says, I don't hate our lives. At least not so much that I would want to do this.
1: Yeah. And this has a lot of like, hatred and resentment that I would want to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Like she is not happy about this suggestion. No.
0: And, and she is unhappy in the marriage as well. She's trying to make the best out of a bad situation is what I feel. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not trying to say it out loud and be like, yeah, this marriage is horrible. She's trying to be like, no, most marriages are horrible, which at the time they were, Mm. but we're going to do our best at it. You know? Yeah, exactly. So he says, I'll get it stopped. And she's like, get what stopped? And it's revealed that he was actually having the ship built. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Again, I'm, I'm an unmarried person. And so like, I don't, um, you know, there's a lot of things when people talk about marriages that I can't quite relate to, Mm -hmm. but I can tell in that moment that there's just a complete failure to like acknowledge each other.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I am married. So I can tell you that this was a very interesting episode for me again. I'm Mm -hmm. hoping he's a little bit of a unreliable narrator, but as being in the role of, um, it's not perfect, but it's what we have Mm -hmm. and we're going to make the best of it. Yeah. And your spouse saying it's not perfect. So I want to change it Mm -hmm. is, yeah, it's, it's
1: it's pretty, pretty close to home. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that that's the case for a lot of people, frankly. Mm -hmm. So.
0: Yeah. We cut to Blackbeard looking at the model of the ship, which he has in the hall. It looks like a hallway of the revenge. There's like a curio cabinet in the corner Mm -hmm. and he has the model ship in there. Steed had placed it in there and Blackbeard's opening up this cabinet and pulling out all these knickknacks and trinkets (laughs) and He's saying, oh, this guy's fascinating. Yep. And Izzy is trying to get his attention. He's like, we need, we need to focus. We need a plan. And Blackbeard's like, oh, it's all so
1: boring, you know. And did you, I love that moment because it feels like we're basically rewatching the previous scene of marital mm. discomfort. But this time mm. with Izzy and Blackbeard. Oh. Well, because <laughs> Steed true. wants to, to break the monotony right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Blackbeard says, it's all so fucking boring.
0: That is extremely true, because Izzy is trying to make the best of the situation. Yeah, it's the same thing we always do, but that's what we signed up for. Exactly.
1: And that's exactly what Mary was saying. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And, and Izzy is like, <laughs> loving this life right like or not loving Mm -hmm. but at least like he's he's making the best out of it or trying to trying to survive in this particular moment but you can tell that he he's embracing the blackbeard um uh, persona a lot more Mm -hmm. than blackbeard himself
0: i'm sorry i i'm still stuck on the mary parallels because she's embracing the society she's living in she's trying to make the best of a bad situation Mm -hmm. she's doing what she thinks she should be doing what everyone thinks she should be doing
1: wow yeah
0: you're right holy moly
1: (laughs) oh listen oh this is not where it stops we have more i have more in my notes
0: (laughs) 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 all right so he said as bored as you are uh if you don't make a decision soon we're gonna all fucking die and blackbeard perks up says oh there's an idea he gets a real wild look in his eyes and says maybe we should try that
1: and that, that again before. to me brought back what what happened with steed in the first episode where he paused after Aluwande asked him do you want to live mm, Mm-hmm. wow um
0: so izzy i think looks a little bit too stunned for this behavior to be like super regular mm-hmm. at this point yeah. like he's still trying to convince blackbeard to do what we always do oh it's the huge yeah you know is what he said earlier and so i want to know how how long this has been going on Mm -hmm. his kind of maniacal you know acting really kind of quirky and weird compared to how he's supposed to be acting like how how long did this happen
1: Um, I, I think that that's a really good question. Hopefully we get some answers about that a little bit later. Um, I have some thoughts about that too. Mm -hmm. Um, or at least now that you're mentioning this, it sort of ties in with a thought that I want to share with you a little bit later. Um, but yeah, you're right. It does seem like this is something new or something that's emerging.
0: Mm -hmm. So the crew is discussing that they're all going to get killed. And they're talking to Jim about being a woman and not a mute. Yeah. And they're all just very fascinated. The Swede especially is like, I did not see that coming. Uh, Yeah. And (laughs) uh, Buttons calls Izzy over to show that there's Spanish ships in the distance. Mm -hmm. And Izzy's very upset about it. Yeah. They cut to Steed calling really weakly for Mary. And Blackbeard is now sitting on his bed with his arm on the other side of Steed. So he's kind of like. Over very, him very, almost, very close right? to him, yeah. very over him, and says, Who is this, Mary? Oh, yeah. And at this point, Lucius walks in to talk to Steed as if he was healthy. It was so funny because he's like, Steed, I really hope you're not dead. Because, and like, like what did Lucius, you were there? Like, <laughs> did you think he was just napping in his chambers? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um,
1: oh, that's so then such he's like, a oh. Lucius thing, though. I love it. I It's, oh perfect it's so,
0: yeah so he says oh sorry i didn't mean to bother you like he's walking in and blackbeard is like on the bed with with steed like mm-hmm. i just what a sight to walk into like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> hello that's so true i didn't
1: even clock that <laughs> yeah.
0: so and of course he's too intimidated by blackbeard to really mm-hmm. see anything other than threat you know yeah. and he says no bother tell me can you count and he tells Lucius to count backwards for an hour and 47 minutes and to come find me when you're done. And at this point, when I first watched this, I was like, what is happening here? Like I had yeah. no clue what mm-hmm. that meant. Same. And he also tells him to fetch him a cold rag. So not only he can't just sit in the corner and
1: count, <laughs> he has to like go do things.
0: as well.
1: <laughs> and it's, I think something that I, that like, that hit me in that moment was how obvious it seemed to lucius that he knew how to count which clearly if blackbeard is at blackbeard has worked with probably a lot of of crew members and so the fact that he's asking means that not everybody knows how to Mm -hmm. uh but lucius is like well (laughs) yeah like obviously (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) duh but um I I think and again like for me that asks a lot of questions about Lucius's background. And and I yes. I know I keep bringing that up, but like I just want to know more about this I do too. little guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean you you look at
0: the stereotypes of the crew and of Steed and you kind of have a measure of them and Lucius is somewhere in between. And yeah. so that's where the interest lies. You're mm-hmm. like, "Um, I need to know more about that." Yeah. So, uh so Steed is muttering coward. I was a coward and it flashes to steed and Mary in bed. And this is where she says, I know you're unhappy. I'm unhappy too. Mm -hmm. I hear you crying at night when you're alone. And he Oh no, probably the wind or an, or an owl. It might be an owl. And she says, all we have is this one life. We have to try, don't we? Otherwise what's the point? And he pretends to be snoring, which is just heartbreaking. Yeah. Because she's trying to connect. She's trying Mm -hmm. to reach out. And it turns out once she falls asleep, he takes off his pajamas and he's already he's ready to leave. So he was already planning on leaving and she's trying to connect with him Mm -hmm. and trying to have feelings and express them and talk to him about it. And he's already made up his mind that he's leaving.
1: Yeah, he had already decided. And like, you know, thinking about this. It means that he had been thinking about this for quite some time and that Mm -hmm. the decision had probably been made for quite some time. He had been making, he had been, you know, getting the ship built for, Mm -hmm. for God knows how long. So, yeah, I think. Well, and
0: it makes you wonder how much time elapsed from that anniversary gift to that night in bed. Like it can't be the same night.
1: Right. Or at least you You hope that it's not. Because I hope it's not. Yeah.
0: Because he went from, hey, you, me, and the kids to mm-hmm. I'm going by myself no matter what.
1: Or maybe this was his attempt to connect and to be like, let's, you know, let's run away together kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe, maybe.
0: So he takes his bag and the model ship and uh, presumably the lighthouse painting, even though I don't see it in his hand, and he leaves. Well, which was also and interesting
1: was le- because the, the model ship was his gift to Mary, and he <laughs> takes that with him. So I... Anyway, so he basically took both gifts, which I find um, interesting. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) That's awful. It is. It really is. Like, Steve. (laughs) Leave her something, man. It's a gift. Um, You keep those. (laughs) You keep those. (laughs) Uh, So he he leaves a note, and uh, there's a voiceover, and it shows her reading it. Mm. Dearest Mary, you deserve happiness, as do I. My hope is that the vast wealth and property I leave behind for you and the children will suffice. I've sold an acre or two for my own needs, but the rest is yours. You're quite right. We only have this one life. Fond regards, Steed. Mm. Yeah. So historically, it looks like um, Steed and Mary had three children who survived.
1: Yes, that's right. So instead so they of had, two. They had had, I believe that they had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I did look it up. I just didn't write it down. No, I did. Oh, you did? did. Okay, great. So,
0: yeah, they had three sons, um, one who had actually passed very young. Yeah. Then there was Edward and Steed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And a daughter, Mary.
1: Yeah. And did you know who Edward was named after? Nope. Edward was named after Steed's father. Oh. Edward Bonnet. (laughs) daddy issues well yeah <laughs> yeah I mean um, he would yeah. and that's been so, made clear so far by the show
0: yes yes interestingly all of his children were younger than five when he abandoned them for piracy um, that's not what it looks like in the show they look to be like seven or eight
1: mm-hmm. well, I think it was probably narratively easier to have sure. him bond with older children yes. rather than you yes. know toddlers Mhm. So at this point he's
0: hallucinating back on the ship and yeah. Mary is saying, "Do you really think that letter was enough?" and he Oh, Mary, I've been stabbed and she's like, "Yeah, congrats." She's like, "Piracy, you left me to be a pirate." And then his father pops up. Well, he says, "It's not you, it was me. I was just uncomfortable in a married state." So there's there's the uh the line again, which I'm sure when the creators of this show went to create this, that was just the line that was like,
1: Oh, Oh, he was
0: gay. (laughs) He was gay. Yeah. 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 So I love that they put that in there. I love that it's the title of the episode. I just, I really like that. They really lean on that one little line from history that just told them volumes. Mm -hmm. His father pops up in the hallucination and says a pirate. He was scared of geese for Christ's sake. And they, the daughter pops up and she's play acting a a pirate like they used to play. And then the flaming eyeball, burning head version of Blackbeard is standing there, and he has a trident and they and stabs him. So mm-hmm. this is like a culmination of his hallucin- hallucinations. Yeah. And this is the point where, with a cold rag on his forehead, Blackbeard wakes him up. And they actually get to talk for the first time.
1: Yeah.
0: So Blackbeard says, that was a close call, wasn't it? You got yourself pretty stabbed up there by some Spaniards. And uh, Steed's first... Steed's first exclamation is my crew i know which is nice
1: yeah exactly (laughs) yeah you can and it shows right that he cares about his crew we've seen it up until now and then in that moment it sort of crystallizes
0: yeah so uh blackbeard says the crew's okay they're fine you need to relax you got to take it easy otherwise your guts will start popping out all over the place (laughs) and he asks him do you work for blackbeard And at this point, Blackbeard says, oh, never thought about it like that. Yeah, suppose I do work for Blackbeard and introduces himself as Ed.
1: So I actually want to talk about how he chooses to introduce himself to Steed Mm -hmm. because we've heard him addressed as Blackbeard, Edward by Izzy. We've heard Sir, Boss, but he chooses Ed. And Mm -hmm. what that tells me is that you know, the weight of the expectations that come with being Blackbeard or Edward are just too heavy for him right now. Mm. And he's looking to sort of go back to a more stripped down version of himself, mm-hmm. um, yeah. a maybe more authentic version of himself. And that has the effect of allowing Seed to get to know him with that authenticity and without like the fear of the persona of Blackbeard. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, Definitely. Right, and well, he and, and he just
0: doesn't want. He's not interested in being Blackbeard in that moment. Exactly. And I don't know why yet, but it, maybe it just catches in his throat to have to have to get the reaction. Mm-hmm. Even though he does it later, I'm I'm very intrigued on how this all plays out.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, we find out he finds out not too long, not not much later that Ed is actually yeah. Blackbeard. Well, and the way he reveals it is a very gotcha moment. Yes, I know. expecting him to react.
0: But maybe when he's laying there and he's still, you know, on his sick bed, Mm -hmm. um, maybe he's waiting until he gets his feet up from underneath him. And and
1: the jig is up. Like, he can't keep up the fact
0: that he's Blackbeard for too long.
1: Right, exactly. And I think maybe in that moment, like, you know how some people will try certain names or stuff? Like, just you know, with somebody that they don't necessarily know and they're like, I- I'm going to sure. try this on for size and see, yes. like, how this feels. And I I really, yes. I feel like this is what's happening with Ed in that moment.
0: Yeah. Well, and also, he doesn't know anything about him. He hasn't conversed with him at all. So if he immediately said, I'm Blackbeard, it would have been fear. It would have been confusion. This is a very disarming way uh, to introduce himself. And right. then even if it's just a few minutes later... He reveals that he's Blackbeard. He's they have a little bit of history to go off of. I didn't immediately run you through, I'm not scary, you see, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just kind of interesting. We go back to the crew, and <laughs> like, oh. I saw a tweet about the crew fixing the boat and how they weren't doing <laughs> a darn thing, like, even Jim. Who looks extremely competent with the hammer and nail is actually just hammering two pieces of wood together. Hammering <laughs> uh, two
1: by fours together essentially. <laughs> two, two <laughs> that's what they're doing. It's so
0: funny. They're just doing absolutely nothing. And I don't know if this is calculated where they're just like, hey, the longer it takes to f- fix this boat, the longer we stay alive. Oh, but it's true. It's so funny. And <sighs> they're still questioning Jim. You know, are you still Jim on account of you being a lady now? And Jim says, I haven't really thought about it. And the crew's being real weird. And the Swede says, if you're not going to be Jim anymore, can I be Jim? <laughs> Does he not have a name?
1: Does he have a name? I, I, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to this. <laughs> um, the comedic relief is is fantastic. Mm. But if you take that question seriously it raises so many questions (laughs) yeah it really does (laughs) um because yeah does he have a name or like maybe he just becomes a different person every Mm -hmm. once in a while like i don't know i really don't know and if you compare it to blackbeard
0: anyone could technically be blackbeard it's just the persona yeah and jim the pirate is a really scary persona yeah the swede could technically put on the hat grow a beard not speak and, his and be g scary jim the pirate
1: yeah exactly oh wow yeah <laughs>
0: but i also wonder if he has a name
1: <laughs> no, Now i really wonder if he has a name too actually <laughs> um so
0: uh steed so we cut back to steed and blackbeard and he says oh i'm he probably thinks i'm a fool that blackbeard i'm a terrible pirate so we established last episode that he probably didn't know that blackbeard was the one who rescued him right the the part where he says you've heard of me i think uh, it's not clear to me if he knows Right. So between that and this, why would he know to ask if he worked for Blackbeard? Um, I
1: think, it's I just think a this is one hole. of those like narrative moments where we kind of yeah. have to like look away and just go yeah. with it because you're right there. To me, anyway, there is definitely like a gap there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he's been told that uh, Blackbeard's crew has taken over his ship. Maybe. You know, yeah. between the moments that he got stabbed and this I think true 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 but but I I, I agree that there's a gap yeah yeah I'm just like okay that's fine
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so he says I'm a terrible pirate and he says oh, and and Blackbeard's really nice oh come on you know most of the pirates I know they're dead so you're mm. doing a whole lot of better than them yeah and Steed says, you're a good man, Ed. How long have you been on his crew? Oh, long enough. Too long, maybe. To be honest, I'm thinking of packing it all in. It can be a bit of a grind. And at this point, he picks up a piece of fabric, and he asks if it's st- if it's silk. Yeah. And Steed says, no, it's actually a rather exquisite cashmere. Mm. And Blackbeard mutters the line and says, and rubs it on his face. and says, oh, a rather exquisite cashmere. And Steed goes, Oh, do you fancy a fine fabric? <laughs> <laughs> oh Steed. I love him. I love him so much. And and Blackbeard says, Yeah, I think maybe I do and asks and Steed asks if he can keep a secret and there's a secret pack passage to a closet a with his closet. auxiliary wardrobe. Oh my
1: goodness! I love this moment. I, I yes. love it. I love it so much because it's it's not meant to make fun of Steed, no. But literally to let the viewer through Ed in this in this case see something that's really important to him and that mm-hmm. he's probably been made fun of before if he's keeping it a secret. And it yes. shows also that Steed, just like Ed, cultivates his image very intentionally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Another parallel, just saying.
0: The whole thought of a secret passage in a ship, like, how cool is that? Yeah. And, and Blackbeard's like... Oh, I didn't. Oh, my gosh. He said, fuck off. This is amazing.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And I just I also love that in that moment, like Ed is just allowing himself to try things that he's never considered before. The fine fabric, you know, the cashmere. And to just allow the softness to touch him. Literally. Yes. To be touched by the softness that is brought into his life by Steed.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I know. I know. I know. (laughs)
0: So far, you've seen him not be the ruthless, brutal blackbeard that we all know, Mm -hmm. but we also didn't see softness. We saw quirkiness. We saw goofiness. We saw, you know, oh, I'm a star and I know. Okay. But we don't see softness yet. Yeah, exactly. And this and the next scene are very soft.
1: Mm. Like literally, right? Like from the textile oh, and from the text, oh, so it's like. Literally, ugh.
0: we cut to them going into Steed's secret closet. Which who doesn't love a good secret passage? Um, <laughs> yeah. He has. It's a little um, wardrobe. What are those called? The the mannequins with oh, no head. Mannequins? Like it's. Uh, like oh, I don't little, know what those are called,
1: but I know what, I know yeah. what you're referring to. Yeah. But yeah, the little no.
0: the form the form that they put clothes on you know that they dress when you're like tailoring clothes yeah um there's a miniature one of those on his bookshelf and if Mm -hmm. you pull that that opens his secret closet which i wonder if lucius knows about this closet i'm sure he would
1: i hope he does i feel like lucius would get a kick out of this well and i don't think steed's one to keep
0: secrets he's like i have a secret passage everyone come see
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's so accurate
0: (laughs) (laughs) and maybe that's where they were in the pilot like when they were dressing them like maybe that's where they grabbed the clothes from so. maybe
1: yeah there you go so maybe the secret yeah. passage is just the worst kept secret ever
0: <laughs> i really w i'm that's my headcanon until proven otherwise fair enough <laughs> like he wouldn't tell he wouldn't tell nigel But, you know, he's going to tell everybody he is friendly with. Yeah, everybody he likes.
1: (laughs) Man for sale. (laughs) Man for sale. (laughs)
0: Sorry. And no, I love it. Um, So, Blackbeard is so excited by this secret passage, which is just so cute.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I
0: love it so much. He says, fuck off. Yeah. And so he. Invites him into this wardrobe and says this is his auxiliary wardrobe. It's a backup to his actual wardrobe, which where's his other closet. That's what I want to know.
1: <laughs> and I wonder how big or how small that yeah. regular closet is, you know? hmm
0: And so Izzy comes and look, looking for Blackbeard. So they he comes into Steed's stateroom. You can hear him. And at, at this point, Steed doesn't recognize that it's Izzy yet. Mm, um, but he hears, he asks... Is this Blackbeard? And, okay, here's the point where I went and smashed all my windows and made myself a nice plate of glass. Because (gasps) this scene, this scene, because he goes, no, really casually, no, I'm Blackbeard. And he looks back at him and goes, shh. (gasps) (gasps) I, I have nothing to say. It's a perfect scene. I have no comments.
1: And... There's, there's like this amusement in his voice, but also, and again, oh. the softness is still there mm-hmm. and yet he holds, he now holds all the power and it's, it's like, I, yeah, perfect. Okay. Well, let's,
0: and yeah. we were talking earlier about how he chose not to tell him that he was Blackbeard at that moment. Yeah. And chose at this moment, like, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know him very long, but I, you know, I'm assuming he's like, well, the jig is up. I'm going to have to tell him somehow, like mm-hmm. we've established a good enough rapport that he can, you know, he told him you're a good man, Ed, you know, like they've established that. So, uh, but yeah, just the way he, he delivers that line. Is just
1: Oh, amazing. that was excellent delivery. That's right. That's true. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So they cut
0: to the crew, and they're asking about Jim. They're all sitting around in, like, the dining area, the mess hall or whatever. And they ask if they're a mermaid. And when Jim says no, they don't believe them. So, (laughs) And there's a little bit of bickering. And Izzy comes in looking for Blackbeard and gets all mad because he says, You don't get food when you've been invaded. (sighs) And they're all, like, really tense. But then as soon as Izzy leaves, they're like, Okay. okay. Like, (laughs) i just
1: love how izzy cares about formality yes yeah he really does he cares about those things and about how things should go and like he seems very type a
0: yeah yeah and he's like the he's like the principal walking past your lunch room you know past your lunch table and they're like oh okay everybody straighten up yeah there you go exactly back to Back to gossiping. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, he is, he is so formal. He is, he wants, it seems to me, and I don't know his backstory, but it seems to me like he chose to be a pirate. He gained respect as a pirate. Maybe he didn't have respect in his former life. Now, of course, he is only 16, right? So... (laughs) Uh
1: i mean in let's say the 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 historically accurate character yes. is only sixteen in in here, I think we can assume that he is much older,
0: yeah, and so the respect that comes from him from the pirate code, you know this unwritten yeah. way of acting mm-hmm. i is something that seems to be very important to him
1: exactly yeah. he he cares about uh about those social norms, the, the, the mm-hmm. pir- the social norms within the pirate world are very yeah. important to him. And he expects everybody to adhere to them. Right. He's the, which is he's so the funny enforcer. Because,
0: yeah. Which is so funny because the whole thing about being a pirate is being outside of societal norms. So to create your own little community. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that-
1: remember when we talked about uh, the, 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 what was it? Pirate Island or Pirate, Republic of Pirates. Uh, the Republic of Pirates. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah. You know, they had their own the governing system. <laughs> they did have their own governing system with, like, their own, their own governor, of some sort, mm-hmm. their own captain there. So I think um, that it's, it's maybe not that unusual. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know.
0: So they go back to chatting and eating, and they say, um, all I know is women are bad luck on ships, historically. Mm. And I said, that's a myth. And Frenchie says, well, no, actually, science. Because women have crystals in their body (laughs) and the crystals attract demons and demons attract misfortune. (sighs) And this is the point where Jim holds a knife to Frenchie's neck and it's like, I've been on this ship for weeks. We haven't crashed. And so Jim is very much like, all right, I'm just going to have to threaten you all.
1: Yeah, there you To get you to shut up. Well, I just find that. You know, I love that throughout the episode, the crew is sort of trying to make sense of the new information Mm -hmm. that they have about Jim. Yeah. And uh, when I watched it for the second time, I noticed that the questions that they had were basically to try to understand Jim better. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that the questions came from a malicious place, but on the flip side, it also shows like how uncomfortable these questions can be, especially for Jim as somebody who has been outed, which has been their case. Yeah. Um, So it was kind of nice to see Jim lay down some clear boundaries with the crew about what is or isn't appropriate and what's going to happen from now on. Yeah.
0: There's no worse feeling than having information revealed about yourself before you're ready to reveal it. Yeah, exactly. In all facets of life,
1: not only Mm -hmm. uh, in your identity, so... So, so I, I was just really proud of Jim for kind of like taking that yeah. step to say like, all right, yeah. I'm done with these questions. Thank sure. you, but we're done. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Get them out. And now yep. we're done. <laughs> there you go. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and just kind of lay down the law of, you know, nothing's changed. Yeah. Call me Jim. We're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that.
1: Know the Swede, uh, so, you will not be Jim. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> you are still the Swede. Exactly. <laughs> so we cut to Steed showing Blackbeard his library, and he's dressed in new clothes now. He has like a scarf around his neck to hide the, the wounds.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's talking about his books, and Blackbeard asks him if he read them all, and he says yes, many times over. And Blackbeard just seems fascinated. Yeah. And uh, he shows Blackbeard a book with him in it, which kind of upsets him. Uh, just because the way he's portrayed, which is interesting to me, he cultivated that persona. And I I know historically he cultivated that persona, but seemingly in the show, Mm -hmm. he cultivated that persona and now he is completely jaded by it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, I think we're going to, we might need to make a, a difference between, um, historically accurate Blackbeard sure. and the Blackbeard in the show. Just because I think right. I think that in real life, <laughs> Blackbeard mm-hmm. did yeah. do all of these things very intentionally. But now I'm sort yeah. of wondering about this particular character in this show and how how he feels about his own image. And at mm. the same time I think like I have some thoughts about that that aren't quite formed yet, so um, okay. I'm just gonna like keep them for now. Okay. But I, I I, yeah. I, I feel like they're sort of forming at the surface. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I need to know a little bit more.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, we just met him, and right. of course we've heard about him. But I really, mm-hmm. he is not the person who we heard about. So we need to get to know him a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so he. Is upset that he's portrayed looking like a, a Viking vampire clown with too many guns all over him, and he says he has one gun and one knife, just like everyone
1: else. Exactly. Like it's so funny because he wants to fit in, mm-hmm. yeah, instead of 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 stand out, which is really interesting yeah. considering that this is somebody who would wrap coils in mm-hmm. his
0: beard, you know. Like, well, even if he didn't do that in the show, yeah, like he he became Blackbeard in a calculated way. He had to have, he couldn't have just stumbled his way into becoming the best known pirate.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: So there had to be some sort of calculation there. Mm -hmm. That's right. So Steed says, I didn't mean to upset you. And Blackbeard says, no, it's not you. And this is where he just kind of lays down and wallows. And it's really, it reminds me again of the, of the actor, the, someone who's super famous, who's just doing it all for show. And then when you get them behind closed doors, they're like, oh, it's the same old grind. (laughs) You know, don't you feel like you're just treading water waiting to drown, you know? Yeah. And Steed commiserates and says, yes, I have. I very much have felt that way. And that's more about his former life, not his pirate life.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's the thing. Steed took... Measures to make those changes. Mm, mm-hmm. Right. And a it little did. bit like we were saying before about how the scene with Marion and, and Steed really resembles Izzy and uh, Blackbeard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that we're sort of seeing that now where yeah. Ed says, uh, there's no chaos, there's no drama, there's no fucking mm. life. Yeah. And I think that this is such good foreshadowing to what's about to happen on the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, because to Ed, Steed is chaos, drama, and life. He says, yep. you know, you're a fucking lunatic and I like it. I love it. <laughs> and to Steed, it's Ed who's the chaos, the drama, and the life. Because if yes. you remember a couple episodes ago, it was the whole, like, what would Blackbeard do? Mm-hmm. So I just think that this moment kind of explains that they're on the same journey, just at different stages, or at least on similar journeys, just at different stages. Yeah.
0: So Steed asks if he's considered retirement and Blackbeard talks about how, oh, you've got it all sussed out and... Do you know how hard it is to find someone doing something original out here? Yeah. And that's kind of the key to what piqued his interest in Steed anyway, yeah. I believe. You're right. Um, and he, the more he's unearthed, the the more original the he is. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just completely, he says something about there's two chandeliers, <sighs> an open fire on a wooden vessel surrounded by bits of paper. <laughs> like,
1: it's so funny. <laughs>
0: so funny he's right though uh, yeah and then this is where steed says i know it all seems great but really if i could just be like blackbeard even for just a moment mm. and he asks him hey do you want to do something weird <gasps> oh my <laughs> like, god this, like, i love that favorite thing. blackbeard's like yo you want to do something weird <laughs> and it's so weird <laughs> it's so weird oh my god <laughs> i love it it's i love so it so much <laughs> It's so delightfully weird. It's like how super rich people become eccentric. Yes. They get everything they could ever want. It's still not enough. And they're bored with the luxury and they seek other means to fulfill themselves. So like the normal things, quote unquote, normal things people seek, which is like money, power, attention, fame, fame become boring so they start looking for something extraordinary and because they're surrounded by people who enable and fear them Mm -hmm. they have no qualms looking like entirely foolish because no one will call them on it it's like emperor's new clothes yeah yeah that's
1: exactly what it is you're right yeah wow well, and in an clothes. emperor's new
0: clothes moment, right? <laughs> Blackbeard walks on the deck wearing Steed's clothes. First of all, when I talk about missing scenes, I want to see them changing clothes.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want. I want to see Blackbeard being like, "Oh my god!" Oh well, no, he's he's because uh, because I was gonna say like Steed's pants are kind of tight on him, but then I'm like, yeah. no, but his pants are pretty tight too. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I just
0: wanted them to be like, and here's my shirt. Okay, I'll take your shirt. Like yeah. it would just be really cute. Exactly. <laughs> or did they have like a screen between them? Was it awkward? <laughs> like I don't know.
1: <laughs> like you know that scene where like two people are in different bathroom stalls and just like yeah. exchanging and, like, clothes. Like I over. totally see it happen that way too. I would love <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. So he he comes
0: up on deck. He's waving his hands in this really over dramatic, hilarious way, <laughs> and he. I just I just think about the the crew seeing this like they're terrified of this man he's great oh my god he's the world's greatest tactician and then he's just being the biggest weirdest goof in the world and yeah. Izzy's probably embarrassed which I know Izzy's embarrassed all to hell that he's making the, him look so stupid that this is the guy he answers to oh yeah you know and so he's crew of the revenge please put your hands together and welcome your brave brave captain blackbeard and steed comes out wearing blackbeard's clothes (laughs) and he still looks like death warmed over
1: (laughs) this whole moment is just so funny because you see izzy like you said being just so upset about what's happening Mm -hmm. and just like so flabbergasted and horrified because like this you know to bring back the high school like to, to to bring it back to high school like this mm-hmm. idea of like uh this super cool kid leather wearing yeah. kid is now like a part of the theater kids and just like <laughs> cosplaying as such and it's just like it's true oh my god and when I- okay Also, I'm so sorry, but I have to make this parenthesis. But like when I tell you that I had not noticed that Ed was wearing a motorcycle jacket until that moment, (laughs) until I saw it on Steed and was like, what the fuck is he wearing? Like, I just, I loved it because it made the costumes just so much more salient. Uh Um, Like it's just on par with Oluwanda's Crocs in that moment. Uh It's amazing. And it
0: does look so silly on Steed and looks so good on Blackbeard. I know.
1: I know. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think arguably Taika Waititi could like pull off anything because he pulls off Steed's clothes like perfectly as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas, bless his heart, Reese Darby, like just (laughs) like. It's okay. It's okay to stay in your lane.
0: It's all right. Yeah. It's okay to have a lane to have to stay in. There you
1: go. <laughs> oh, it's just, yeah, this is just perfect. Oh, gosh. And like to bring it back to the theater feel of it, like I just felt like yeah. in that moment, like the motorcycle jacket on a meta level, like it just felt homemade. Like it had uh-huh. like that community theater, like yeah. community center play type of thing. Yeah. For the show itself. Like we're watching
0: a, a labor of love. Somebody. Yes pieced this together like they would a community theater project they're like no oh it's fine you know we'll just spray paint a basketball black and that'll be you know that'll be the cannonball like no big deal (laughs) (laughs) like
1: we'll just have the crew like piece together the ship by just yeah. hammering two by fours together you know yeah. like it's it's yeah it's all a it part is. of it oh my gosh
0: that just adds to the charm of it you're so right that
1: you know like you're you don't know so if they're right. just being incompetent or if it's part of the play is it like the narrative or is yeah. it the meta narrative and i just like those are the questions that i love oh about this gosh. show I didn't even think about it that way and
0: that's amazing. It's kind of like it's an act of love. It's like, look, everyone bring their own costume. Like, I'll tell you what to kind of bring.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I'll we'll piece together the props with from another production that we have in back. Like, which is how you do theater. Exactly. I mean, I've done so many productions where it's like, oh, okay, we're doing Lion King. Uh, I think <sighs> we can steal this set piece from this place, you know. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Oh,
0: it's every back room it. of every theater ever where you just cannibalize the previous production.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, for the amount of theater actors that are a part of this, or Mm -hmm. at least classically trained actors on this show, like, yeah, it feels like a love letter to theater. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: Uh, so Black Pete says, what is even happening right yes. now? So the fact that he <laughs> feels emboldened <laughs> enough to say that out loud, like, what the fuck is going yes. on here? You know, he's not scared. And I'm sure that just ticks Izzy off even more. Exactly. And so Blackbeard says, line up and greet your captain to steed. And Izzy, oh, <laughs> Izzy <sighs> yanks Blackbeard away. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, he really so, does. And, like, just before we go further, I just want to... Because mm-hmm. I've talked before about how, like, Steed is cosplaying a pirate, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like at this moment, he has reached, like, the absolute apogee of his cosplaying <laughs> because he's cosplaying Blackbeard, who's, like, yeah. a pirate that he's been looking up to for so long. Mm-hmm. And, like, honestly, as I'm saying this, I'm actually sort of reminded of something that happens and I'm going to talk specifically about women because that's kind of like where I lie, but like, um, something that happens uh, to women when they figure out that they're queer, which is like, you start looking back at like femme celebrities that you loved as a kid or as a teen. And and you kind of have to go through the exercise of asking yourself, like, did I want to be her or did I Mm. want to date her? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like you know, by becoming Blackbeard, perhaps Steed is kind of like thinking or is going to be forced to think like, did I really want to be him or did I want to yeah. date him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I
0: think it's great because he's not only play acting as Blackbeard, he is being, uh, Blackbeard is being his hype man. Yeah. Like he, he's the one who thought of this black steed didn't ask him to do That's that true. like yeah blackbeard is hyping him up like what uh, what a great day to be steed bonnet like <laughs> you met your idol and your idol is like let's do something fucking weird and dresses you up in his own clothes I and know. sends you out and stares at everybody and says great blackbeard he's blackbeard it's, it's the like... ultimate taylor swift experience i'm sorry yeah. like
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is <laughs> it's great so at this point, Izzy yanks him away and yeah. oh, such a great scene. Izzy yeah. goes ham on him, just goes off. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, uh, I mean, I can go in. I wrote down everything, what he said, but I don't think we really need to. Um, I
1: mean, I think for me, like what stood out the most was him calling Ed an insane shell of a man. Yeah. Because it reminds me of our discussion in episode one, uh, Mm -hmm. when we read that folks in Steed's life at the time thought that he was mentally ill for leaving his life Mm -hmm. to become a pirate. And Mm -hmm. so here we have Izzy, who's like the enforcer of social norms, of pirate social norms, calling Ed insane for befriending the absolute chaotic menace that is Steed.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so he does say I've managed your increasingly erratic moves, which tells me, you know, how earlier when I said, you know, he, he seems a little bit too shocked for this to be normal. I'm assuming it's one of those things where you don't realize how bad it's gotten until something reaches a a boiling point Yeah, where you're like, Oh, oh, okay. Okay. He wants me to follow this guy. Okay. He wants me to do this. And then now he's just, he's just had it.
1: Yeah. This is enough kind of thing.
0: Blackbeard isn't validating him at all. He's like, oh, sounds stressful. And yeah. then he says something about Blackbeard and he says, that's Blackbeard. I'm Steed. Remember Blackbeard is saying this to Izzy, which yeah. just oh sets him off like, oh. royally. <laughs> He says, I am not dying, not for that Ponce and not for you. So I'm going to devise a plan. And when we've once again barely eked by to fight another day, I will very willingly offer you this. And it's <laughs> two middle fingers. And he says, my fucking resignation,
1: you absolute
0: twat.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, we have to tip our hats to Con O'Neill oh, for that. so good. Because, Wow. Again, the delivery on that, like...
0: Yeah. He's the only one showing true uh, menace and anger Mm. in this episode. Like, you would think Blackbeard could bring some of that, which I'm sure he can if he Mm -hmm. wanted to, but he's just over it by now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there you go. He's over it. Izzy is not, and Izzy is just, like, bringing all of that energy. Yeah. Yep. So,
0: Blackbeard grabs Steed and says, how quickly can we move this vessel? He asks him, uh, and Steed says, I'm not sure. That's really the cruise thing. (laughs) (laughs) How are you stocked for munitions? Is this Izzy saying this? I'm totally lost. I didn't write this down. I think
1: so. I think it's Izzy asking, well, Steed slash, Steed cosplaying as (laughs) Blackbeard? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to switch their names. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. So,
0: yeah. At this point, Steed sees Izzy and says, "Ed, do you know this guy? He's a complete
1: asshole." I just again—he's bringing like, he's matching Izzy's energy in a Mm -hmm. way that like we haven't seen Steed do except with Izzy. Yeah, it's so funny that he has such a hair up his butt about this one guy. (laughs) Like, I I love that expression. By the way, it's the first time I've ever heard it. Terrible
0: expression. No, I love it. I'm going to be using
1: it. is this a southern thing
0: I must be oh <laughs> i god. want to delete it can i delete it you can totally delete it but i love no. it i might i might not i don't know
1: oh i hope you keep it it's so good <laughs> okay. oh my god oh that's funny a hair up spot. Yeah. oh my god i love it so so yeah so. I, I yeah he he matches his energy in a way that we haven't seen him do with other characters
0: like he, he really can't stand him mm-hmm. and, and for not a really great reason. Like he, I won't go into it again. We already talked about yeah, it, but it's just yeah. so funny Yeah, how, exactly. how he just immediately sets his teeth on edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so Izzy says, Ivan Fang, pre- prepare the guns, execute anyone who won't fight. Mm. And so Ed's watching and wants to test Steed. Yeah. Uh, so he said, I mean, you wanted to be Blackbeard. This is what it's like. And uh, Steed offers, well, we could just talk to them. He said, oh, okay, yes. And do you speak Spanish? No. Hmm. And he said, maybe they understand ecclesiastical Latin. <laughs> oh, Steed. Oh, my God. Yeah. So at this point lucius who has been counting in the background yeah apparently comes down to count and he's finishing so he's putting pressure on steve blackbeard's like come on come on mm-hmm. you know and he's like i don't know what to do oh and finally lucius is finished counting and blackbeard says death it is yeah and says but wait oh. and black black pete yells you're a genius i knew you'd save us. yeah So they go out on deck and there's a really thick fog Mm -hmm. and Blackbeard is like kind of taking a bow. He's accepting the accolades. And at this point you realize that it was all calculated in some fashion. There was some calculation, like especially like the countdown Mm -hmm. that was when you were like, wait, okay. Yeah. I remember he told him to count down and I had no clue why, but here's why. Yeah. So they ask him how he knew all this would happen because the fog is keeping, him, keeping them from being spotted by the Spanish ships. And he says that the color of the morning sky coupled with the brisk westerly wind made me think we'd be safe, and then the shape of the clouds confirmed it. Frankfurters. Mm-hmm. And, and, it and then so it mad. clicks in Izzy's mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so then Blackbeard said, uh, I figured the fog would set in once the sea cooled around dusk, except we're right in their path. They'll run smack into us. And um, Blackbeard says, correct, on any other day, for it is September 2nd and tonight's a full moon. So lift the anchor and let the ocean current drift us into the warm embrace of safety.
1: Before you move Mm -hmm. to the next part, Mm -hmm. um, I, I really wanted to read this moment through an indigenous lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about more. We'll talk more about how Ed on this show, anyway, right? On this show, is a mm-hmm. Maori man. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about Maori culture and beliefs, so I want to be very clear about that. But I do mm-hmm. know that for a lot of the indigenous peoples on Turtle Island, which is known as North America, um, mm-hmm. they value like, or they see the relationship between human beings and their environment as relational. So like our relative, mm-hmm. the sun our relatives, the cloud, the mountains, yeah. the wolves, et cetera. And like each of these relatives has their own language and indigenous peoples have been learning these languages for millennia. And like, that's what Ed was doing in that moment. He was reading mm-hmm. what the clouds were telling him. And we've talked about, on this show, about how it's all about subverting expectations. And here Mm -hmm. I feel like we're subverting our own preconceived notions of what are the, quote-unquote, best ways to acquire and hold knowledge. Mm -hmm. And, like, in that moment, the camera focuses on Steed, who just said in the previous scene that he speaks ecclesiastic Latin, which is a highly valued knowledge, at the time anyway. Mm-hmm. But there's also Lucius in that scene or uh, in that shot who can count backwards from an hour and forty-seven minutes, which yeah. is another kind of knowledge that was highly valued at the mm-hmm. at the time and probably today. I'm sorry, but I don't think I can do that. Uh, and and perf- and fetch him a cold rag while you're at it. I'd be like, uh, yeah, I lost it <laughs> while doing other things. I mean, this yeah. this, this is amazing. And then you mm. also have Izzy who openly, you know, like disregarded this potential reading of the clouds as knowledge Mm -hmm. and we don't know much about his background but again we know that he holds traditional values when it comes to pirate code and whatever you know like for him deviating from the quote-unquote regular path is not really something that he likes right and so i just i just think that this moment is like by reading it through an, an indigenous lens we're kind of like forced Mm. to think about what knowledge is quote-unquote good knowledge or valued knowledge
0: well and izzy doesn't seem like one to rely on the signs of weather
1: exactly well because he doesn't value those right right Right. because that's that's the whole thing it's that if you don't value something you're not going to rely on it but if you value Mm. it you're going to be much more attentive to that Mm mm-hmm
0: And unfortunately, though, Mm -hmm. um, it is not September 2nd. Mm -hmm. It's the 1st because uh, it's a leap year. Can we talk about that? 1717
1: was not a leap year. Right. Okay. I was like, okay, so that actually created, like, such a, uh, like, a a complete disconnect in my mind. I was like, 1717. Mm. So... And I couldn't understand how that was a leap year. And then I had to look it up and be like, oh no, it's not a leap year. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. But either way, whatever, let's assume right. again that it's a leap year. It's, you know, I don't know how that would change the anything.
0: Like I'm trying to,
1: I think I honestly have, I've. So again, like that, when I realized that this was happening, I was like, oh damn, like, I feel like that puts my reading really in jeopardy. But then I was like, Honestly, like the way that I'm choosing to read this is that Western European systems uh, consistently screw up indigenous models of knowledge. Because if Ed hadn't been using the the Gregorian calendar as a reference and saying September 2nd and had just counted the days from the moon, um, he would have been more accurate. So it it
0: doesn't make any sense anyway. Like either he looked at a calendar of 1717 or he didn't. Right. Because he wouldn't have... Timber first memorized in his head for a full moon date mm-hmm. for that because it's it doesn't fall on the same exact day every every month you know or every year and so more than likely they would look at the date of the full of the last full moon and mm-hmm. count 28 days yeah so yeah it's it, it's definitely just a a plot device right a, a, an especially obvious plot device because they didn't even bother to make it. On an actual leap year, you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, you know what?
1: Shut up, podcasters. Just be entertained. And the reality also is that, like, full moons, like they don't just happen on one day, right? Like, you've got a three day right. window where, mm-hmm. like, or uh, anyway, from what yeah, I know yeah, about yeah. full moons, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's not. A, One day,
0: David Jenkins will listen to this podcast and be like, God, shut up. (laughs) The curtains were just blue, okay? (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Right. It's okay, David
1: Jenkins. We love you.
0: Yes, we love you. So, uh, Steed asks if that changes anything, that it's a leap year. And apparently it changes everything because Blackbeard says we're complete goners. Uh, Mm. so, So, he's morose. He decides to drink and go down with the ship.
1: Yeah. And...
0: Lucius is sad, too, saying, I never got to see the world. Um, Blackbeard says, you know, I thought I'd have a cooler death than this. Something like (laughs) being eaten by a tiger or massaged to death by mermaids or belly flopping into a volcano. (laughs) (sighs) Steed has the lighthouse painting. Yeah. And says, I should have been one for my family. And, and instead, he became one for, for Ed.
1: <gasps> Sorry, I had to say it.
0: No. <laughs> but he says, technically, Blackbeard says, you're supposed. technically, you're supposed to avoid lighthouses so you yeah. don't crack up on the rocks. Mm-hmm. And together, they look at each other and say, we need to be a lighthouse. Yeah. And I think it's really cool that they both said it together. It was mm-hmm. neither one of them having the idea and them agreeing. They both kind of... <gasps> And looked at each other and
1: said at the same time, "We need to be a lighthouse." So that's true. It's like finally they're like because they were throughout this episode. One is always sort of catching up with the other, and yes. here like they've caught up. They're on, now yeah. on the same on the same page. Yeah, about what to do next.
0: Right now, Bla- Blackbeard is definitely uh, orchestrating it all. Yeah, um, but he's having Steed do the work, which is kind of cool. Hmm. So they all pretend to be a lighthouse. They have Wee John make the make the foghorn noise,
1: and Steed trusts him with it too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, he said a captain. He said earlier, he said a captain goes down with his ship, and I'm again like, it's not your ship. It's <laughs> well, he ship. was he was dressed as
1: Steed, right? That's true. That's so, true. If he was really in character, like the good theater kid that he is, <laughs> that's true. So,
0: uh, Blackbeard is directing Steed to spit alcohol into this flame and it shines on a mirror and it looks like a lighthouse and it works. The the Spanish Navy thinks that it's a lighthouse. They turn away, which they're all really quiet. They're like, it it makes you think how close were they? Because sound travels very easily on water, on still water. I mean, you can hear a long distance, but still like they had to be extremely quiet and like... I wonder how close the Spaniards thought they were to the lighthouse.
1: Yeah, I honestly, that's not something I would have thought about, frankly. So this is new information for me to ponder. Again, I feel like this is one of those things where it's like, okay, but that's fine, because don't think about it too much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I grew up. That's why they were
0: so extremely quiet, like even when they succeeded, Mm -hmm. because I grew up on a lake, my uh, the house that I lived on was right at the edge of a six acre lake. Okay. And my grandparents lived in the house next door as well. Mm-hmm. And it was a lake that my grandpa had built. And there was a, there was like a, a float with like seating and stuff that was like anchored into the middle of the lake. And I remember I was told to come back in, you know, swim back in cause they needed me to come for dinner or whatever. And I looked at my friend and I said something, nasty about my dad because I was like he's just stupid, blah blah blah. And he could hear me from the shore. <gasps> like, oh, no. they were like, uh you know sound travels really well over <gasps> water. <laughs> oh no. So I learned. I learned really quickly. Yeah, okay. All right. I'll take your word for it. I'll be really yeah, careful yeah. now. Okay. cool 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 yeah. cool cool cool. cool, cool. <laughs> Make that note anytime you go to the lake. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> So they cut to Jim and Oluwande the next day and says, looks like we're going to live after all for a little long, for a little longer, at least. Yeah. Jim asks, do you think I can go back to being mute? Which is kind of sweet.
1: It was very sweet. Like it was, you know, that longing for going back to the status quo from before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's interesting that they don't say, you know, like, can I go back to being like, man yeah like it's can i go back to being mute Mm, so there are definitely things that they miss from that previous status quo and perhaps there are other things that they don't miss yeah probably
0: uh so steed and blackbeard are still in the crow's nest and steed is giving ed breakfast Mm. and ed is commenting on the marmalade and (laughs) steed said he had to get rid of some gunpowder but i think it was the right move
1: (laughs) which is just the most steed thing i I can think of obviously
0: (laughs) and blackbeard says i should take a leaf out of your book and then Mm -hmm. we'll live the high life wheel we yeah we will live the high life
1: life." i know i I clocked that too i was like Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) we and then um steed said i could take one out of yours maybe i'll live a little longer could be arranged if you were to show me the ways of an aristocrat I could probably show you a thing or two about being a bloodthirsty pirate. Oh. And so a little agreement is made.
1: A gentleman's agreement, one might say. Yeah.
0: So Blackbeard looks down and Izzy is tossing items into a tender, clearly just done. Izzy's moving out. (laughs) Yeah. Blackbeard goes down to talk to him and Izzy says, I said some things I regret last night. I don't think you're a shell of a man or a twat.
1: But so. the rest is fine, but the insane yeah. is fine, I right? Mean. Like, the rest is okay. I just, again, like, uh, I said some things yeah. last night. It, it has, like, all of that, mm. <laughs> you know. Well, Blackbeard co- says you were right about
0: all of it. So yeah, that's true. Exactly.
1: That. But yeah. I just think it's got, like, that feeling of them, like, being a couple of some sort. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, all right, I can see that. <laughs> hmm Yeah. And you're allowed to, like we said, you're allowed to see it like that. Yeah, I mean, I take that right no matter what. But yes, absolutely. In this case, it's encouraged, which is which is a change from other media. Right. So
0: uh, Blackbeard says something about retirement and says, "What if Blackbeard turned up dead, his corpse disfigured beyond recognition, wearing clothes on Blackbeard's ship?"
1: Yeah. I didn't like that. I was like, "No, don't do that to him, please." Hmm.
0: (gasps) Izzy says, you know, you still got it. Blackbeard says, I know. And then he turns away. So he's looking at him with like a swagger, with like a, we're going to dupe this guy. Just play along. I am. I'm just playing along. There's a bigger picture here. And then when he turns to walk away, he gets this like dead, dead in the eyes look. So like, who's he lying to? Okay. Okay.
1: Okay, that you know, is my question because I know that you haven't seen past episode four, which by the way, I don't yes. understand how you've been able to not it's, go past I had, it. To, I had to tweet about it because I was about to die. And I was like, <laughs> I don't
0: want Mary to feel bad, but oh my god.
1: <laughs> so how do you read that moment? Because I certainly have my my thoughts, but like how did you see it?
0: Well, I'm worried. Honestly, yeah. like, is this gonna be like an enemies to lovers fanfic where they only come together in the last chapter yeah. and like fandom has like messed with me again with their hyperbole? Like, is he gonna be the big bad and then in the last two episodes, like, he'll make a big change or is this, are they truly gonna explore it? Like, I, it worries me because I kind of went into this, like, oh, they're gonna get together and this is gonna be great and da 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 da, and now I'm like. So am I gonna to have to watch this waiting for the shoe to drop? Or is it gonna be like the she's all that moment where he made a bet with his friend and he Aww. takes him takes him to the prom and then they all laugh at him and be like, No, we Aww. didn't wanna be with you, we made a bet. And like he fin- Blackbeard feels terrible, but Izzy's the one saying, He's the one who said he was gonna kill you like Aww. and hurts his feelings no matter what. Like, ah. I'm rambling at full speed now because I, I I'm terrified of I this being of him being a bad guy. Like, I love him. You made me love him. He's quirky and weird and funny and great. He loves Steed so much. He's so interested in him and doesn't make him feel foolish. He encourages him to be even more weird. Yeah. Don't make him the bad guy. <laughs> Please.
1: Yeah. I, honestly, so <laughs> I'm going to take a gamble. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to say that I think... That he's saying what he's saying to Izzy to see his reaction, okay, um, or maybe
0: to save face with Izzy because maybe he, maybe he it's the it's the morning after he just had so much fun with his new you know his new guy mm-hmm. and that he's looking.
1: At- Were you going to say his new boyfriend? His
0: new boyfriend, yes. <laughs> But he's looking at Izzy having to like explain his behavior, like okay, maybe I got a little overzealous here, you know.
1: Don't you feel that if that was the case, he would have just let him go? Yeah, like I don't don't know, know, right? And and that's uh, and and that's why. Like I'm not saying that I know best because I really don't. I haven't seen the rest of it, but I. That's the feeling that I got because Izzy only got interested in what Ed was saying when Ed said that they would need a new captain. So Izzy Mm. was only interested in the story when there was something for him to gain. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that Ed picked up on that. Yeah. That like he wasn't there to help Ed retire. He was in it to get a ship and to become captain.
0: Why does he need him there though? Can't he just... Okay, you go back to my ship and I'll do this. I don't know. Maybe he Well, I doesn't want to lose the ship. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if Izzy leaves, he's like, okay, well, Queen Anne's Revenge is mine now. Yeah. You know. I don't know. I don't know. It worries me. I I really hope that it's not going to be like a through line, which honestly, if quote unquote normal media, that would be the case.
1: I know. Like if.
0: You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we expect that whole someone, just like she, I can say that she's all that moment and you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, exactly. There's so many moments in media where there's a secret, you know, dramatic irony. We know the secret, mm-hmm. the player, you know, one or more of the players don't know the secret and you're just waiting. That tension is building because you're waiting for that secret to drop and it'll drop at the worst possible moment.
1: I genuinely hope that they don't do not. that to us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really hope not. We'll see. But I, we'll I, see. yeah, like I said, I'm going to stick with my gamble and say that, like, I think yeah. that he said this to see his reaction. Like, he wanted to gauge where Izzy yeah. really stands. Because, like, you know, um, who was game to be the lighthouse? It was Steed, it wasn't mm-hmm. Izzy. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that Ed in that moment is sort of like trying to see where these two guys are kind of, like, standing so that he can then mm-hmm. make a decision about where to go next kind of thing. I don't... I I don't know. Yeah. I'm saying this, but I'm so scared. I'm so scared that this is, like... Mm-hmm. And I'm, because that's where I'm from, that this is supernatural all over again where we're seeing yeah. where this is heading mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. just get the rug pulled from under us. Like, there's genuine trauma there. Yeah. So, well, and ugh. you
0: hope... Because what we see... In moments where it's just him and Steed and when it's just him and Izzy, mm-hmm. he's not that different. He's still kind of quirky and aloof, yeah. but he seems to connect a lot more with Steed and he actually encourages the weird behavior rather than looking at him like he's nuts.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so
0: I'm hoping that's the true Blackbeard. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I hope so too.
0: I don't know. Some of that pirate code pressure might be on him to not just throw it all away and adopt You know, be first mate to this gentleman pirate. You know, (laughs) I don't know. I'm a little worried. Uh, Well, that segs really well into predictions. I think you kind of said what you hope.
1: Well, uh, I have been looking forward to asking you this question. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like for three episodes now. So, Katie, do you have any predictions for next episode?
0: I. Oh my gosh, I don't even know. I I'm, I'm so excited to get to watch it, but like I have absolutely no clue. Like hopefully there's more shenanigans as far as teaching steed how to be a
1: pirate yeah yeah i agree i hope you know that the whole agreement that they have where steed is going to show him how to be a gentleman and Mm -hmm. an an aristocrat sorry and uh ed is going to show steed how to be a pirate like i hope that we see some of that like that's kind of what i'm hoping for in the next episode and some clarification (laughs) about Uh what's happening with that well even if even if
0: what he's saying is true and he's going to gain his trust and then, and double cross him. It can kind of still go the same way. Yeah. You know, with, it just depends on when the shoe's going to drop. So I'm expecting to see kind of to the letter of their agreement that he's, that they're going to teach each other. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see the crew not be in so much peril. I'd love to see there be like, okay, we're not going to execute you like you're good
1: yeah i think um, i'm hoping for like some sort of merging of the crews yes yeah um, i think that that would be fun to kind of see everybody interacting together
0: yeah i still don't know what's going on with black blackbeard's own ship like is it just anchored
1: somewhere yeah that's true <laughs> we don't know about the queen Anne's revenge and what's going on there hopefully we'll find out more about that later yeah <laughs> All right, well, since we've done that,
0: let's head to the shore for a message in a bottle.
1: I think that genre stories are so uniquely able to get at big, soul-stirring, all-consuming truths and emotions, and really good comedy can do the same. It feels indescribable to see a show like this treat gay love so seriously and kindly, to have gay love and queer identity be the holistic, full-throated, beating heart of an epic romantic adventure. I liken it to a gay The Princess Bride. Oh. To have queerness be at the heart of a thrilling story about freedom and rebellion and rejecting fucked up societal expectations. It's so important that the show is centered on characters of color and that one of the two leading men is Maori. This period piece comedy centers race and colonialism, making racism and racists the butt of humor. There are painful moments, but never trauma porn. Multiple LGBTQ POC in the writer's room, and it shows. A story about the transformative power of love that feels both universal and so specific. I didn't know how much I was missing something like this.
0: Yeah. So... Again, fandom is giving
1: me hope. I know, I know, but that's, that's so dangerous. Though. Yeah, it is dangerous. <laughs> I think we have to really, like, contextualize where we're coming from for people who sure. may not be from, like, the supernatural fandom. Mm-hmm. Like, uh,
0: I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> we innately pull our readings out of it and take it as our own yeah. it is our story you can't have it back you had your chance to tell the story now we're taking those fictional characters and we're making them our own and there are plenty of instances where something has been adopted by the fandom as mm-hmm. essentially canon yeah. and there is no basis in canon uh, or at yeah. least no explicit basis in canon yeah. and we don't necessarily get burned by that because again we're in our fandom and we're enjoying it
1: mm-hmm.
0: but when someone throws it in our face and says well this didn't actually happen we have to say yeah it didn't actually happen so <sighs> yeah,
1: yeah. I, but I think that there's specifically in super anyway I don't want to get into that but like there's uh-huh. there's something very pernicious there that's like anyway yeah. um so I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but and and it's true. And I like the the fact that this person is saying that there's no trauma porn, which I really appreciate yes. as well. Especially when it comes yeah. to queer love, queer stories, queer people. You know, mm-hmm. like we've seen so many stories of a heartbreak when it comes to queer mm-hmm. stories. Like I think I think mm-hmm. we're allowed to have happy stories, and I'm hoping yeah. that this is one of them. Uh,
0: Thank you for visiting the Gentleman Pirates Library. Please do wash your hands before reading. Who knows what kind of dirt you found on the deck.
1: Please also subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. You can also send us a message in a bottle using the link in our show notes and Twitter bio.
0: Speaking of Twitter, you can find us at Gentleman Pirate. That's the word gentleman, P-I-R, and the number eight. We'll be back next week with our coverage of Book Five. Difference between a pirate and a cranberry farmer?
1: Oh my god, I have no clue. (laughs) Ocean, something about ocean spray? I don't know. Oh, you know, that would be good. No. Oh, okay. (laughs) A
0: pirate buries his treasure, but a cranberry farmer treasures his berries.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so stupid.
0: (laughs) That's bad. I I need better jokes.
1: (laughs) No. Oh my my god, okay.